Today, the Trump administration brokers a historic peace deal between Israel and the UAE, a media blackout of a five-year-old boy executed, and the Biden campaign takes in its largest daily haul after the announcement of Harris joining the team. We've got a lot coming up, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, today joined once again by Sheriff Bill Wayburn, Sheriff of Tarrant County. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And we've got uh, this guy over here, Mr. Elijah Schaefer, host of Slightly Offensive. You scared me with, with having the sheriff here, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Elijah was like, what did I do? I thought there was some. I, there's I thought I paid something. these tickets. Yeah. I thought I paid my tickets. I, didn't, I just got my Texas toll tag, so I was going, <laughs> is it just the last few months of, of avoiding my tolls? Who knows? <laughs> Uh, we, yeah, we, we like to keep this one over here on his toes just to, you know, I'm sure you are doing something wrong. You're right. I'm yeah. sure the that you are doing something. The cuffing when I walked in wasn't, didn't help, you know. <laughs> gun to the head when I came in the door. Didn't like that one. Uh, all right. Leaders in Israel and the UAE have agreed to normalize relations between the two countries and pledged to take a number of steps to strengthen diplomatic relations, including exchanging embassies and ambassadors. Now, this uh, treaty is a result of negotiations brokered by President Trump. Uh, it included Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, of course, and the Crown Prince of Abu Dhabi. And uh, President Trump tweeted, huge breakthrough today, historic peace agreement between our two great friends, Israel and the United Arab Emirates. And then as part of the agreement, Israel has agreed to suspend declaring sovereignty over areas of the West Bank outlined in a January peace plan. God, January peace plan, it feels like that feels like 20 years ago. It feels like 20 years ago that that happened. <laughs> we did, actually, in fact. You wouldn't know it, but we did. A lot of bad things happened in a January peace plan designed by the Trump administration. And instead, Israel will focus on, quote, expanding ties with other countries in the Arab and Muslim world. Uh, and Mike Pompeo said that the peace deal is historic and a, quote, significant step for peace in the Middle East. What are your thoughts, Sheriff? Isn't it incredible because of everything that, that else is going on that we don't recognize that the most historical peace deals in 2000 years was brokered by a president who uh, the media continues to put in conflict. It's an amazing moment in our historical moment in, in history. And it should be celebrated even more. It probably won't be, but yeah. it should be. You have to wonder if it's even going to get coverage on a place like CNN. Absolutely. Yeah. Elijah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, at least we know it's behind the New York Times paywall. They put the art, they put the headline up, and then it's like you have to pay to read good really? news about Trump, which is, hey, at of least it's a, it's, a, it's a move in the right direction. <laughs> no, but I was going to say, you know, I, I think it's two parts that are really interesting about this are you can see really how volatile the world is and how a few people really do control the peace of the world if just a phone call, a three-way phone call can actually broker um, public relations between countries which you previously couldn't even pass through if you even had Israel, from my understanding, on your passport some of these UAE nations, they didn't want you even coming through their country on your way there. And then suddenly one phone call can change this. It makes you wonder if he really does know the art of the deal. But on top of this you know, I think this is a really great moment for us to continue to show people that the corporate media genuinely does not have the welfare of the United States in their mind when they're reporting the news. Because uh, I think Tim Poole said today, he goes, you know, he reminded the world, he goes, by the way, guys, a clock, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So if you can't even just give 
Trump credit when he does something good, then people just no longer care what you have to say about him because they know that you're lying at this point. It is interesting, too, because they do often call him a warmonger, which doesn't match up at all, A, historically with how he's felt, but B, with what he's done. It doesn't seem like they're paying attention at all to what he's actually doing. You know, it's an amazing thing, and the reason he's such a great negotiator is he does the Twitter feed, and he says some things out here, and it's and he, I think, is successful like a great fighter. Look here, and then we'll take care of business here. Right. And his actions, they're paying no attention to the actions. Yeah, just the tweets. Just yeah, the tweets. He can, write, he, can, he can write a tweet, and then the news cycle, that's all it covers for the next, what, 36 hours. It's like teenagers, though. You know, when you try to tell your, your kid, hey, sweetie, you know, those models with the big breasts and the small waist that's not how all women look like you're you're looking at social media and you're getting a right. skewed image of what a female looks like and the left is so about that like you know don't take what the image is on the internet of who a person really is by the way it's all glamour and glitz but the president let's just take him by what he looks like on twitter mm -hmm. and then other than that i mean you know and even biden just what is it yesterday lying again, saying that, you know, Trump said that, you know, white nationalists are fine people, right. which, of course, has been debunked and is yeah. not only not a real quote, but I mean, I don't know how many more people need to, sh to prove that. Right. They know that people take social media at face value. They don't do the research. And so they continue to weaponize that against Trump, whether on their own platforms or his. And unfortunately, it seems to work most of the time. Yeah, it will be interesting to see because, you know, you have uh, President Obama who, uh, what, what did he do again for the Nobel Peace Prize? No, no, I don't recall what the, I mean, it was just like, he's really nice and cool and he gives great speeches. He dropped bombs on, like, I think it was a seven oh, right. or 17 countries during oh, that, during like right. the 40 days while he was Unauthorized waiting. Unauthorized yeah. by Congress, I think. Oh, man. So, uh, you know, so it's interesting, you know, you've got Obama who gets the Nobel Peace Prize. I don't think that they will be offering Donald Trump any prizes for this. I don't. <laughs> think they will either. <laughs> no and, peace and prizes. Of course, you know, I personally believe the Nobel Peace Prize has less, lost all credibility. Yeah. It just simply lost all credibility for what they've done recently. So, you know, may, it may be a, a slap in the face to give him a Nobel Peace Prize. That's true. <laughs> That's true. He'd be like, well, if I'm getting a Nobel yeah, Peace Prize from these paid. people. Yeah, it's he's like, like uh, what am I doing wrong here if I'm getting a Nobel Peace Prize from these people? Uh, all right. Moving on to uh, a story. Elijah, I saw you tweeting about this, I believe. The alleged murder of five-year-old Canon Hinnant. Now, mainstream media outlets have not covered the Sunday night execution of this five-year-old. It was a North Carolina boy, uh, allegedly at the hands of a 25-year-old man named Darius Sessoms. Now, uh, just for context for clarification of what the allegations are. Uh, many people are arguing that the lack of coverage is because of the races of the particular people. The five-year-old boy is white. The 25-year-old man who allegedly came up and executed him is black. And CNN, NBC, CBS, ABC, MSNBC, as of this morning, have yet to cover the attack. So the argument, of course, is that they're not covering the attack because the races of the victim and of the alleged murderer. I don't know that I can prove that. But what I can say is certainly if the if the five year old boy was black and the man who came up and shot him, executed him in cold blood in his front yard was white. He wouldn't be here. 
he wouldn't ha he wouldn't be able to be here because the cities would be on fire. Right. He would be. Yeah, he would be very busy. <laughs> yeah. He would be very busy. It's like we even would, he's not, he wouldn't be our guest today. Yeah. So I mean, I have to believe that uh, that at least that would be happening. Um, is there? Is, am I missing something? Is there another explanation for this? No. Is that the the media likes to label things and then they they are not going to talk about the elephant in the room, but you know if they would simply get to truth. Mm -hmm. in reporting and say, we had some evil up here. Yeah. And it just looked like this today. It may be something else tomorrow, but this was just evil. And all the good people stand together, whatever our political whims are, but if, but if the good moral people would stand together and say, that's evil, whether it's George Floyd or this, that beautiful, beautiful baby boy, and mm -hmm. how much better would the world be? How much closer to peace in the United States would we be if we just stood together and say, that's evil? Yeah. Elijah, um, you know, you have to believe. OK, so the, the man walks up to the little boy. Tell me if I have this wrong. The man walks up to the little boy who's in his in his yard riding his bike. Yeah. From my understanding, it's like a tricycle or a small bike. He was with his two sisters that were seven and eight. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure those were the ages. Yeah. And he came over and executed, shot the, the, the young kid in the head. Right so in front of his sisters. Without politicizing this, I want to say, I, there's not a single person who could hear this and not feel at least a little sick in their stomach, meaning even if you're disconnected from death, and there is that level of like, well, it's not my kid and not my city and not my state, but that's not even just an American, that's a human being, and when you hear of kids being abused, whether it's with you know sexual abuse with Epstein or you now hear someone being murdered, I mean, something churns in your heart of mm -hmm. going, that is, like you said, that is evil, but I think what sometimes makes things more evil is when people turn a blind eye to it. And that's what makes Absolutely. me upset. People that have the power to condemn it purposely ignore it because it doesn't advance their agenda. And, you know, just like the people on the right trying to use it to advance their agenda, I don't want to use it to do that. But I do say this, if the media is only going to bring up race when it's unidirectional, when it's white on black violence, right. that's, that's ac academically and in intellectually dishonest. But then also too, if you're going to cherry pick cases of evil, just because it, you know, per se, can support your claims on the world, mm -hmm. you owe yourself share in that murder. You share in that mm -hmm. guilt. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing, and this is where why I was tweeting on it really early. I know it's finally picking up, and I'm really happy about it. But that morning, when I went to start tweeting on the Chicago riots and what was going on, I also noticed the same websites, CNN, MSNBC. These websites did not report a single article on the Chicago riots. I took screenshots throughout all the days. And then even when, even when that house blew up, I forget where that was, but the house blew up and one was dead. It was the front page story. And then I started saying, what other stories are going on out here? And I started finding not just the, the young five-year-old boy, but there's numerous stories of just incredible things that would smash the narratives of today. Mm -hmm. And that makes me wonder if that's the reason why they're not being reported. Yeah. Uh, Sheriff, you know, you look at this and I think a lot of conservatives complaint and I, you know, I think that it's a justified complaint is the left is only, meaning the, the mainstream media, the left and the mainstream media are only looking at race when they're reporting things. It's, you know, I know it's frustrating to, you, you read a story and it's like, uh, white man does this to black man. And you're like, why does this matter? So I can understand the frustration, uh, you know, of people saying, well, why do we care? Why does it matter? Why do we have to point out race first? But I think that the ultimate frustration is you can't do it for some and not for others. Uh, to Elijah's point, it's like, okay, well, pick a standard. If the standard is that we're going to report race and and 
actually, you know, uh, uh, insinuate that it's going to be a justification for every single crime, then that's our standard. If we're not going to do that, then that's our standard. But just pick a standard. Am I am I off base here? No, you're not off base. And they have picked a standard. Yeah. And it's always going to be the way that fits their agenda. Right. Instead of being intellectually honest and saying these are the evil people in the world and this is what they're doing to us. And they come in black, white, Hispanic, Asian. They're all out there. And there's a portion of them that are evil and hurting us. Uh, but they don't seem to want to do that because it doesn't fit their political agenda of continuing the chaos, mm-hmm. continuing the disruption. And uh, as I heard someone say, you know, now mainstream media, we need to just refer to them as the Democratic pack that they are. Yeah. Gosh, ain't that the truth. Uh, Before we go to break, Elijah, you were talking to us off air about uh, what was just voted on by the city council in Austin. Yeah. Okay. so what happened? To cut about 34 percent of law enforcement budget in the city. By the way, which has been seeing increased rioting and protesting, including with anti-fascist uh, groups like Antifa and Black Lives Matter, which has become a Marxist anti-fascist group. I don't know. It's very confusing. But it's, it's, it's a third of a major city's budget just cut because of the pressure from extremists. It's not because the city really wanted it. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. In Austin, Texas, of all places, Sheriff, did you ever think that you would live to see the day that, that all of this is happening? Austin has been our San Francisco for many years here in Texas, but I'd, I would not think that they would do this. This is shocking. And of course, the playbook of the Marxist is when you're trying to change the culture, make outlandish, outlandish demands. Mm-hmm. And I think they're probably shocked when they said defund the police and, they, and all and of a sudden it. they did it. I think I think they're like, wow. Yeah. It's kind of scary. It's kind of scary to think that now they 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 have this uh, idea that they have that sort of control mm-hmm. and how they're going to plan to use it next. The public doesn't matter anymore. That's what I realized. I go, the republic used to be, you know, a representative representing the people, and now it's become people are elected by outside money, extremist groups, and political interest you know, lobbyists, and then they just work on behalf of a select few people that have radical ideas that only benefit a small portion of the country, and somehow we allow this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got uh, a lot more coming up. First, we want to thank our sponsor this segment, Omega XL. Uh, so Omega XL is for those of you who uh, maybe you've reached the age where you just wake up and you hurt in the morning and you're like, oh, I, well, I don't know what I did to screw up my back. Oh, wait, I just slept. And now my back is messed up. Maybe it's your knees, your neck, shoulder pain, whatever the case may be. What you don't realize, oftentimes, the underlying cause is likely inflammation. And if you're not treating the inflammation, you can cause permanent damage. And you're just kind of putting a Band-Aid on something and not really getting to the root of the problem. Omega XL attacks the inflammation, which is the root of the problem that is causing your pain. Uh, You know, you might try a pain reliever or a topical rub that you are going to rub on your shoulder. And you're like, wow, that felt good for about 20 minutes, and then the pain comes back. Omega XL will do more than that. It will neutralize the inflammation that causes the pain, that causes stiff joints and muscles. Uh, and you can go to omegaxl.com slash news right now if you are one of millions of Americans who just live in pain. It does not have to be that way, okay? You got to go to omegaxl.com slash news. Treat the inflammation. Treat the root cause of the problem. Don't just mask it with a Band-Aid. It is omegaxl.com slash news. If you buy a bottle right now, you will get a second one for free. omegaxl.com slash news. All right.
right, Joe Biden's naming of Senator Kamala Harris of, wait, did I say her name wrong or right? Kamala. I don't care. Kamala, come after me. Kamala, whatever it is, uh, as his running mate, it's already paying off. The presumptive Democratic nominee and former vice president announced, of course, Wednesday that his campaign has raised $26 million in a day since his announcement on Tuesday, uh, he said that 150,000 of the donors were first-time contributors to his presidential campaign, and the previous record for a single Biden fundraising event appears to be 11 million. So 11 million to 26 million, which was when he got Obama to finally come and come around and endorse him, which I don't even think should have counted because Obama waited until the last possible second and then was like, "Well." Considering there's no one left in the race, I think I'm going to go ahead and endorse uh, Joe Biden. So what what should we be? Should we start to be scared? Should we be fearful of the fact that Joe Biden has raised this much money in a day just after announcing Kamala? I don't think so. Not at all. Uh, is uh, I think I think we expected a large bump yeah. uh, when he announced his VP candidate. I think there were people holding and waiting and because they wanted that headline, because mm-hmm. they wanted everybody to think this is a shoe-in deal and what they don't understand is a silent majority still waiting for November. Do you agree, Elijah? Yeah, I mean, the thing about Biden, I, I, I could, I don't, I don't even have the right number in my head, so I'm not going to try to say it, but I know, I think it was more than that. They just delayed in uh, Facebook advertising. Did you guys cover that on the show? No, they I didn't They cut off it. like 70% of the rest of their Facebook advertising, and some people said that's because there might have been funding issues inside of the campaign. Mm-hmm. So I know the number was higher than that. Maybe it was 70, maybe it was 80 million more dollars through the end of the year, but when you actually look at the amount of money the campaigns raise, I mean, when's the last time you've heard about a record-breaking right. day. And to me, yeah. $26 million, well, to the av- average American, it would be a lot of money to an individual. That's not even a million per state for investment in, right. in ads. Mm-hmm. And considering the ads can be like ninety dollars to $150,000 per buy for a 10, 20, 30-second ad, mm-hmm. doesn't sound impressive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like we also have to consider, too, you know, you have Harris, who uh, I think... Oftentimes you look at vice presidents and you're like, they're not really going to add much to it. It's just kind of a name. No one votes on an election uh, according to who the vice presidential pick is. But then it's 2020 and you look at Joe Biden and you're like, yeah, but you got to believe that all of the Democrats who are, you know, they already know that they're going to vote Democrat are like, yeah, but we're basically like on the same page that Joe Biden will not be president if he gets elected for very long. And they really are voting for the vice president, assuming that they're going to become president pretty quick. What do you think? Well, that could be. Uh, there, there are people who think that and uh, they, they that the vice president's very important. And for that, him taking Senator Harris on is great for mm. the conservatives because she is as radical and as liberal as they come. The most liberal senator in the U.S. Senate. I mean, li- more liberal than Bernie. Yeah. So I think it's a, a good front. But I mean, if you look over the vice president candidates that didn't win over the last 10 or 15 years, you, know, you ask somebody on the street who they are, they can't remember any of them except for Sarah Palin. Mm-hmm. And I think having the female uh, woman of color, I think that does going to stir up some interest and it's going to be for a moment. Yeah. Elijah, what are your thoughts? 
Well, you know, Kamala, Kamala, whatever, the descendant of slave owners, which is an interesting narrative. I think I think that we can already see that it's kind of a BS pick. It's to simply based on her color of her skin and her gender. Because well, that's what they said. He, he flat out said right, he was going to do that. But also because, it, but the narrative that's being pushed is look, I, and I get it because I think that conservatives, because we we go, oh, we're trying to look at someone's character or whatever. Forget that. You know, 52% of the country, approximately, or voting voting block of the country, does vote primarily, it looks like, on emotions rather than mm-hmm. facts. Mm-hmm. And this feeling of having this woman, a descendant of slaves, that this is the narrative, right? Like a black woman, the oppression, there wasn't suffrage, etc., comes out of this ability to not vote, to not even have citizenship, and now becomes the vice president of the United States, as we would call it should be the new president of the United States. But then the narrative switches where you realize this is like actually a cop with a bad DA, like she's like a DA, right? With a bad, right. with a bad track record. She's mass incarcerated black people. She comes from a, a huge slave owning plantation owning family. She's not this person they're, they're, they're playing her out to be. But at the same time, they realize that the voting block they're going after because they don't care about the truth. will never find that out. They won't care. The corporate media is on their side. They won't expose that. But also to, to give, to give him a little credence, which people will get mad about, <laughs> uh, you know, Trump chose Pence too, yeah. just to get the evangelical vote because people were, were doubting his, his immoral past. So it's not uncommon in politics for presidents to just choose someone strategically who they think will court a vote that they need to win the election. So then who specifically do you think that she gets? Because I don't see any of the swing states going, oh yeah, Kamala, she's... Tribal, tribalism. I mean, it, it, there's... There but they studies, were already going to vote Oxford, for Joe, right? No, it's not necessarily true because there is this idea of, in, in black communities, of when we help one other person of color, in, in their words, it helps all of us get ahead. Mm-hmm. So getting, getting Kamala into VP brings the whole community up. And they're playing that, not just on the black community, but on the Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. They're using this, this, their own cultures and subcultures inside the United States to try to manipulate them into saying, look, don't question her track record. Don't question who she is. Just realize that if we get her into office, your son, your daughter, they have a better chance in this country. And that's really the message I believe they're trying to communicate. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, to the sheriff's point, you know, you look at her record, and she is very far left, um, easily. And you look at her comments on the Second Amendment and wanting to repeal it. And, I mean, it, it's very scary. But then you have Chris Wallace of Fox News who comes on and says, well, she's not very far left. I mean, she's she's pretty moderate. And along with, uh, obviously, the Washington Post, the New York Times, everyone else is trying to call her. I mean, I, I think you, I read— I make you feel sad. I think she's a moderate. No. I do. Okay, so you would agree with the tweet that I read that said that she's a small C conservative. And I was no, like, No, no, I don't think she's conservative. Hold up. I don't think she's conservative. It's just that when I watched her. Um, so the on Overton the window show, has shifted so far that no, you no, think now she's moderate? I think she's a liar. Because when she was just with Colbert, this is where I would think that you would think she's far left by her propositions on the Second Amendment, Medicare for all, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But then when she was pushed by Colbert saying, you called him racist, Biden, meaning you, Mm -hmm. you know, said this and that about him. How did you switch? What changed? And she starts laughing, goes, it was a debate. We were there for a debate, like as if essentially she was just saying. I don't believe any of that stuff. I just needed to come out strong against him and, and look a certain way. So uh, to me, she's a corporate Democrat who, if the 
if what she needed, like if she would have won and gotten ahead, she would have been far left. Mm -hmm. But as a VP, because they need her not to be, she won't. And that, that's where it's, that's what I think. I think she's sold out and she swung this way and now she's back to moderate because she, that's what they need her to be. She's a puppet. Now, I absolutely agree with that. She is wherever the wind blows. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what's, so what's scarier then to you? Someone who is, is far left and they are an ideologue and you know where they stand or someone who is just going to do whatever is politically advantageous? The latter. Yeah. Yeah. Very scary. Yeah. I, I, I tend to up. agree. Zero moral compass. <laughs> well, right. But then you don't know where she's going to land on something, which now you have two people like that, because I think, do you disagree that Joe Biden is similar? Um, I mean, Joe Biden is a puppet at this well, point. Well, I'll tell right? you. I'll tell you this. Uh, I know that Jesse Kelly tweeted out that this is a very complicated job. VP. Um, it requires juggling a lot of balls, and Kamala Harris would be really good at that. So I, I'm not being. Uh, that's that's what Jesse Kelly uh -huh. said. So uh -huh. no, but I, I think that Joe Biden is exactly. I, I forget what if there was a senator or congresswoman that was on the the Daily Show um, as well, and she was she was explaining that Joe Biden. We're very confident we've been able to push him. Literally says we've been able to push him around That's and right. we'll continue to be able to push him. And so I just believe that Kamala and somebody else who can be pushed around, that's what they need. They need a group of people. It's not even that she's going to be president. It's that they need an executive branch that can kind of be subverted yeah. and manipulated. And if you can see that Kamala will do that, Biden will do that, whether it's asking kids to touch his leg hair and rub it down, or it's just flip-flopping and not even knowing where he's at. I mean, this is actually what we're seeing is the deep state. And I'll yeah. say that, even though Glenn may not like me saying that, but, no. but I mean, he yes. says that. Yeah. I know, but I would say on this network, I know it's like the news, but the deep state is going to come under, subvert, and manipulate them to kind of work outside of the republic, and that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, all Absolutely. right. We have got uh, a lot more coming up, which, by the way, I feel like we need to come up with a new term instead of deep state, because I think it's just the term. The term deep state has yeah, a bad you, rap. What do you if have you, an idea? Like yeah, MSM, I stopped using mainstream media. Not, I mean, used it. I used to use it, but I started finding that Facebook was fly. I looked in the back and they're flagging posts with main MSM, mainstream media. Uh -huh. So, so I've just switched saying? it to corporate media because, like because, oh. because yep. then it changes the, the but like the, what you're saying yeah, is that we, we to have come to, up with a new. it's still true, the deep yes. state MSM, yes. but how do we get past those algorithms yes. and those biases, you know? Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, we need, to, we need to come up. That's Let's, a poll. You should do a poll okay. after the show. We should. We wow. should. All right, we need to come up with something new uh, to describe that. All right, we want to thank our sponsor, Freedom Financial. So obviously being in debt, it's not a fun thing, especially right now. I know there are probably a lot of you, you may have been out of work for a little bit, so you're living on your credit cards. Maybe you've got some student loans that you couldn't pay at the moment. Maybe uh, your, you know, your mortgage. Uh, you're a little bit behind on that because of the coronavirus pandemic. It doesn't matter how you're in debt. Being in debt, it sucks. All right. But there is a way to defeat your debt. Thanks to bills.com. If you are losing sleep over maxed out credit cards or you're just you're constantly staying up thinking about your mortgage payments, your student loans, bills.com can help you take back control of your life. The first step to lowering your monthly payments and becoming debt-free is to get a free debt assessment. It only takes just a couple minutes, and you can save hundreds or even thousands of dollars each month. I'd say that's worth a couple minutes of your life to find out, all right? Bills.com has you covered from debt settlement to personal loan consolidation to student loan or mortgage refinancing. They are, of course, part of the Freedom Financial Network, which has been in business since 2002. They've settled over $10 billion in debt. They are the people you can trust to set your debt. Get the free debt assessment today. Go to bills.com slash why. That is W-H-Y. It is bills.com slash why. Back in a minute.
The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is now warning face mask users that face masks with vents or valves do not reduce the spread of coronavirus uh, as those additions that allow. It turns out if there's an addition on your mask that allows you to breathe easier, you can actually it's it's no good. They don't want you to breathe. So the better you can just like stuff your oxygen and carbon dioxide just like right here and not let it out. Um, it's better for everyone else. I mean, you might die, but it's better for everyone else to not catch the coronavirus that you likely do not have. Now, um, this comes after news that there was a study that just came out that said that negators actually do more harm than good was what the study said. So it's weird because I seem to remember being told uh, over and over again when I said, hey, I I'm not really like on board with wearing a mask until you like give me the scientific proof that A, masks conclusively work for this and B, that masks don't cause other, you know, long-term or negative effects. Um, and I was called all sorts of names. But hey, as it turns out, now we're learning the farther we get into this that uh, a lot of these face masks don't work. Who would have thunk it, Sheriff? Well, I'm afraid that 10 years from now that the young people, they will have less brain activity because of the mask wearing and that, uh, you know, we'll have all kinds of cancers on our hands because of all the hand sanitizer. Yes. Uh, so I, I, in a germ in a germophobic society. A right. Germophobic. They're just I mean, I'm worried for the kids who are growing up in this and everyone's like, wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, do this, do that. Don't touch your friends. They're like they're going to be terrified of human contact. Absolutely. And, and last week I read a, a commentary by C.S. Lewis from 1947 when the atomic age came on and everybody was fearful of the atomic bomb. And he said something profound. He says, you know, if the bomb finds us, let it find us living life boldly. Mm. Let it find us doing things that we should <laughs> be doing. I like that. Yeah, just, uh, I mean, uh, you know, and I think that's where we need to lean as a country is, is let's, let's start living life boldly. Yeah. And go on about our world, and and uh, and uh, Adam, I'm not saying be stupid, but let's let's move forward right. instead of being paranoid and hiding in the corner. Which is what we've always done, Elijah. This is what we've always done. We've had yes. the, the seasonal flu. We've had other things come up. We've never had panic like well, this. This is, this is when you get to the real numbers. I think your audience will will like this because um, actually, this show this used to be like more of a co-hosted show, but this mm -hmm. has become your show. I know I've I've tracked with you. You used to have all you these know, people. I'm just the moderator. Yeah, the moderator. But no, but this has like become the become the Sarah Gonzalez show. So your show, your audience, is. You know, when you look at the actual numbers, okay, we had about 2.8 million deaths in 2017. I can use 2018, 2019, but it takes a couple years to really negate and look at, at and have multiple studies. So comprehensive studies, we can go back to 2017. And these are similar in the following years, mm -hmm. which puts us at about 234,000 deaths per month on average. Okay, in 2020, uh, the studies, the comprehensive studies that they've done from, from February 1st until now, if you look at the total amount of deaths per month, Month in the United States, it's about 236,000. But if you account for population increase over three years, as well as net immigration positive, you actually have a lower overall monthly and daily death rate in the United States in 2020 than you did in 2017. And so it's really interesting when you when you come down and you think about it in a broader scale, you know, this mass pandemic that's destroying our country really hasn't changed anything in the grander scheme of things. Um, and people could say, because we social distance, because of this or that, fine, I'm not going to argue that. I'll just say that's the truth. Now, on top of that, 
You know, it's funny that when you say on your show that certain uh, masks probably don't help. Remember, that originally it was face coverings, not masks. Yeah. Yeah. It was originally face coverings. Right. And then Duke University finds that some face coverings actually are more damaging mm -hmm. than not, right? So they're, they're a higher net negative, which we all could tell. Right. Then they find that the ones that help you breathe are not that helpful. And then you just come down to well, just they're helpful going, for you. Right, right. Not but everyone. I'm, <laughs> but I'm saying, but then, then it just comes down to it, and it just goes... At what point are we going to continue to just act on emotion as a country, continue to just live life based on what pundits and corporate media and people say? When are we finally going to come together as a country and just start approaching this methodically, scientifically? And I know people think we are, but we're really not. No. Because the science keeps coming out in, in opposition to the way that we yes. have been handling this, not in conjunction with. Yeah. And that's what kind of scares me. Yeah. Well, and st because still you'll see a, a mainstream media, art I'm sorry, a corporate media article uh, published that says, um, you know, it, it makes a little comment in there when it's talking about masks. It's like, well, while the science that, you know, the science is there that a masks work. No, and studies, they no studies cited ever. I know. You never, have, you never have the footnote. But they still include the sentence in there to just Wikipedia like, they just said go, it. oh, it's, but no, the, yep. the science is there. Don't worry about it. There's no long, there's no negative effects of wearing masks. It's like, I mean, it really doesn't take a rocket scientist or a doctor or a scientist, a regular scientist to really be like, no, there could potentially be some negative consequences, especially for people with specific health issues. Uh, let me get your thoughts on this, gentlemen. A Florida sheriff, Marion County Sheriff Billy Woods, has ordered his deputies and visitors to his office to not wear face masks, with a few exceptions. Uh, he sent an email to his employees earlier this week giving the mandate, saying... Kind of like what we're saying right here. The science around mask use is mixed, uh, despite orders from public officials suggesting otherwise. So he said, my order will stand as is when you are on duty, working as my employee and representing my office. Masks will not be worn. And uh, he says this does have exceptions for if a deputy is around someone who is deemed vulnerable to the virus and when they are in the county jail. So he said for all of these exceptions, the moment that enforcement action is to be taken and it requires you to give an individual orders or commands to comply, the mask will be immediately removed and visitors uh, will not be allowed to wear face masks in his office. What, what do you think of that, Sheriff? We've got uh, our very uh, own Sheriff yeah, here. Absolutely. Billy took a very, very bold stand there and, and I understand where he's at. Yeah. You know, in Texas, uh, uh, as in the jail, as I believe he just said, as our people do wear masks. And as uh, far as the rest of the campus and so forth like that, it is, you know, follow the governor's order. But, you know, I mean, when we're in the workspace and everything like that, nobody on my workspace up there, you know, we, we it, it's, it's an optional issue. Mm -hmm. And uh, want people to feel comfortable. Yeah. And, and there are older people, uh, you know, that I run into all the time that have masks on because they feel like they're incredibly vulnerable because that's what the corporate media has been telling them the last several months that, they get it, they're going to die. So right. they're living in that, that tube of saying, oh, I'm going to take all the precautions and live in the mask. Yeah, yeah. Elijah, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, 
realistically speaking, I would love to just have, I would love the scrutiny to be stronger on this department. I would really like, I would love if the CDC and public health department and, 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 and universities, no, really, I'd love if they went down there and started studies. I mean, I'm not afraid of this stuff. I'm going, because actually, if it turns out that this sheriff was wrong and we can get a case study from this that just shuts everyone up that's mm -hmm. a critic. That's great. I'm, I'm like, I actually want to someone to slap me in the face with some truth. Like I, I, I would yeah. love to have yeah. been, from this moment on, I would love to just say, you know guys, I've actually been completely wrong. And I'm not afraid to admit that because right. I didn't have the science before and we finally have this comprehensive study and we're gonna go replicate it like scientists would do in multiple counties and places and we're gonna see what's going on and now we can tell you once and for all and I will dedicate my show to spreading this, not this truth, but the truth. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's more like a political slander, like this guy wants to kill old people and you're like, like, uh, well, I mean, in that case, and I just don't give an SHIT what, what, what the sheriff's doing or what he's not doing in his, in his department. I mean, realistically speaking, and also I think that there's a side that we're not looking at with masks, which is not just the health, but it, it is the safety issue. You know, everybody yes. looks so scary in society now, like Mad Max. Like, it, it is an absolute weird world. I was watching um, a show, I can't pronounce it because it's a, it's a Dutch show on, on Netflix, and it's like in the future. If I would have watched this four or five, no, like, well, six months ago, um, and you see how people look in the future, they all these masks and guns, and they're like, you know, hunting each other. I'm going, exactly. oh my like, gosh, yeah, what right. society? Where do you get to? Where do you start looking scary? Yeah. And then I just like walk outside and go into Target. I'm like, like my grandma looks like she's gonna murder me, and I'm going like glasses and a mask and a, you know gloves and like walking around, you know. And you're going, this is this is a frightening society. I don't want to live in this. No right. facial expressions, no human connection. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's even in my church they did an exercise where they had everyone put on a mask and try to guess what emotion you were expressing with your face, and no one could get it. And Anderson, that's one of the big issues with this is we're losing what makes us human. Which we barely already had, I think, still <laughs> with social media and everything else well, that is already We're doing better around. in Tarrant County. Maybe not Dallas here, but we still, we still have a family vibe, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. In Tarrant County and Fort Worth, you guys are much better than uh, over in Dallas. All right. We want to thank our sponsor before we take a break, uh, Rough Greens. So if you have a dog, I, we're, we're here in the United States where our dogs are part of our family, and we want to give them the best. We want to make sure that they live as long life as possible because our dogs don't live long enough as it is. Well, if you love your dog and you want your dog to thrive and you want to take responsibility for your dog's health and well-being, Rough Greens is the way to go because you may think I'm feeding my dog this really, really nice dry dog food and it's got everything it needs in it. Well, actually it doesn't because it's missing the vitamins, the minerals, the antioxidants, the probiotics, the omega oils that may have been in those ingredients before they uh, they killed it all, when they sterilized the dry dog food to give it that really long shelf life. So it's got a really long shelf life, but it doesn't have the nutrients your dog needs. Rough Greens is going to put that back into the dog food. It is a supplement that you put on top of the dog's food, they eat it right up and it is jam-packed with all of those things. They put it back into the dog's food so that your dog can live a happy and healthier lifestyle. Also, if those of you have a, a picky eater like my dog, they will actually eat their food now and you can know that they are getting the nutrition that they need. You can take the Rough Greens 14-Day Jumpstart Challenge. For $14.95, you will see the difference in your dog in those 14 days or even less. You can go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That is R-U-F-F greens.com slash blaze. 
funny. All right, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio uh, under fire today, taking some criticism after he was stopped by a bakery manager while walking through Chinatown yesterday and uh, didn't treat him, I think, the way that maybe people would expect that you would treat a constituent. Uh, the bakery manager explained that the lockdowns amid the coronavirus pandemic have killed businesses. He said, we're all hurting. And he was trying to get the point across that they need they need some confidence. Uh, and uh, Bill de Blasio was like, yeah, we just have a difference of opinion. That's unfortunate. And he just walked away. Watch. We've been taking a hit since January. We lost our Chinese New Year, our busiest day of our community. The most festive holiday that we had. Then COVID. Now we're all hurting the show. What we need is people. I know Margaret Chen doesn't. Yes, but we need we need help. We need more confidence. Our merchants need more confidence. Everybody, please step aside. A little bit of Thank you very much. So I know it's it's a little hard to uh, understand them with with the damn masks on. But uh, he said the bakery manager said, uh, you know, we we're all hurting so bad. What we need is people's confidence. And uh, Bill de Blasio said or he said we need help. We need more confidence. Bill de Blasio said that's very unfortunate. And then Lurch turned around and uh, walked right on off. You got to believe New York. I, I mean, I look at this and I'm like, how did you guys vote this guy in? What a lack of leadership. Yeah. No hope. No. No inspiration. Just it's like, why are you even there? Why are you even yeah. there talking to these people? Absolutely. He, you know, very elitist. Yeah. And uh, he walks away. And, uh, but, you know, as leaders, the fundamental thing is you, you bring vision, you bring hope, mm-hmm. you bring inspiration. He brought nothing to the table for these poor, poor people that have been devastated by this pandemic. Yeah. Just turned his back on them. Well, it kind of shows you how much these leaders are are probably not even genuinely making the decisions off of their own ideas or what they believe in because you can see that sort of control i mean and i know this personally like i i when i've gone on on shows that are highly highly restrictive where like you know even if you go on like news like Fox News. Mm-hmm. And you know, even if you make a simple joke, they'll kick you off air. Right. You know, it's it's hard to really display yourself, which is why you'll notice most people talk the exact same way on Fox. It's like, back, you know, when I was in Portland, I blah, blah, blah. And you talk like this because you know that there's such a, a, there's such a little room for your own personality, your own ideas. They just want you to just shoot the shot. Mm-hmm. And that's because you know you're, you're on their time, their dollar, their place, and you play by their rules. Now, unfortunately, that's when you realize that the governor, while he should be on our time playing by our rules, mm-hmm. he's playing by somebody else's. Because when he's actually given the chance to really you know, communicate, hey, here's what I really think, man. Here's what you got to do. You can go, he's got, he, in his mind, he's going, my hands are tied, buddy. Like, I mean, to, to give him the benefit of the doubt, not that he's a, it's good for that, but just if, if only we knew the amount of red tape that it put on by donors, by investors, by uh, lobbyists, by the party, et cetera, you would find out how quickly the Democrats really are not for the people. They're there to control the people. Mm. Amen. Amen, brother. All right, back in a minute. I, I mean, there's like nothing to add to that. Our 
All right, yesterday's poll, will Kamala Harris help or hurt Joe Biden's chances at getting elected? 80, almost 81% of you said hurt. Wow, 19.1% of you said help. Interesting results uh, because we had that a very similar question asked the day before. Uh, if, Vi- if Biden's VP choice would have an impact on who people choose to vote for. And 66% of you said no. 34% said yes. But now you guys are saying that it's going to hurt him. So I don't know. We'll see. Today's poll is Kamala a radical. Is she a radical? Well, we've heard from the gentleman here at the table, <laughs> I guess, just for uh, just just to go ahead and get you on record as answering the poll question. Is Kamala Harris a radical? Yes. All right. Elijah. She could be if the right people pushed her in that direction. She's a, sh- she's, she's a shapeshifter. The last poll, to, to be clear, to clarify that, it's like she won't hurt or help. That's why she was chosen, to just keep it neutral so that people just choose Biden because he's not Trump. That's yeah. just... That's it. I mean, really, it's like they don't want... They don't, it's like she needs to be invisible. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, you can catch Elijah's show, Slightly Offensive, on Blaze TV. Also, make sure to subscribe to his YouTube, Slightly Offensive, with Elijah Schaefer. And, Sheriff, tell everyone where they can visit your website because you are up for re-election in November. Yes, I am. I, I'm at BillWayburn.com, and they can come there and see what I'm about and, and support the campaign there and, and volunteer or whatever they'd like. Yes, to we want to keep the sheriff of Tarrant County. Thanks, guys, for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.